Hello there, it's Jamila Jamel. Take a deep breath. Let your breath out slowly to the count of six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Do you feel better? Well, on my podcast, I Weigh, this month we'll be exploring ways to tackle mental health and feel better with guests like Simon Sinek from The Optimism Company, therapist Vienna Farron, comedian Neil Brennan, and many more. Listen to I Weigh wherever you get your podcasts. Ask me, ask Eliza anything. It's time to ask. Ask me all your questions. Leave them in the Instagram comment section. Leave them on your Twitter. Well, I had a baby. Why wait? Why do the podcast thing where we like draw it out? I got plenty of content. <laughs> right. If you're if you start out like I have something that I want to share with everyone. Nice. I mean, and this is after last week's episode where you had to record because the baby hadn't come yet. And you were kind of like, well, I hope it's here by the next episode. And it was. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it was. It is. I'm going to tell you the abridged version of this because every woman has their birthing story. And I have to be honest, I'm kind of glad to be recording it like this uh, because there's such a connection that I'm so grateful for and an exchange when you talk to other women that have gone through this. But what I have found is that a lot of sharing is less a dialogue and more each person's having a monologue about their birthing experience, their child, and the words are just pinging off of each other. Versus Uh actually hearing it. And it's actually my least favorite type of conversation. Like I just got out of the hospital and I'm telling a friend and she's like, yeah, well, when I went in, da-da-da-da-da. And you're like, okay, I don't care about you, your baby. Like give me five minutes to act like I'm the only one that's ever given birth. And then I'll join the rank and file of mothers. (laughs) But so here's the... (laughs) And I can't, I'm not going to say, well... When I pulled my cat out of that car engine. I mean, you can only sit there and be in awe and in shock and horrified. Uh Long Mm -hmm. story short is uh, her due date, her second due date was the 13th. And Noah and I had just decided like, look, we're very lucky. We have this time. We don't go anywhere because of COVID. So it's not like I can go do a set because I'm trying to be safe because everyone has it. Because I have the ability to do it. So we decided, you know what? We'll look at this like a gift. We're going to get up every morning. We'll go for a fun coffee. We'll pick a hike. We'll get lunch. like, And we watch a movie, like a Criterion Collection movie. So no big deal. Um, (laughs) And we'll make a thing out of it. And it's slow and it's whatever, but that's okay. Like there are worse things. Um, And so we went for, it was like day four of doing this. We went for a hike and we're eating. And I I get a call from the doctor's office there's this generic voice that a lot of office administrator workers in LA have, especially medical offices. It's this like female sort of low tone, like, hi, this is Angela calling from Dr. Smith's office. Um, I just want to, <laughs> like, I don't know who, like, we have to teach women, like, speak with confidence. Hi, this is Emily. I'm calling, like, try to sound like a robot. They all just sound like kind of beaten down um, I'm calling to just check up. If you could call me back at a phone tree that will never answer again. <laughs> so this girl calls, so I call back. She's like, hi, um, the doctor was actually able to get you an induction appointment. So I wanted to go ahead and see if you wanted to confirm that. And I was like, not with you <laughs> over the phone. Fu- I need to talk to a doctor. I didn't know this was happening. I'm yeah. not just going to blindly say that. So the doctor calls me. The hospital wasn't scheduling inductions because of COVID. And she was like, but we change policy as we do every 10 minutes. And I got you one for Thursday. And that day was Wednesday. I got you one for Thursday night at eight o'clock. And I was like, who could eat? Like, I'm just supposed to sit here for the next 36 hours and like, think about this. Like, no. I said, can we go now? Can we go tonight? So she checked and she said, I got you. I got you in for tonight. So no one, I went home. <laughs> I cleaned the whole house. I blow dried my hair because I was not going to meet my daughter with curly hair. Because I just had this, I was like, I want to come home to like a clean house, have it ready. Um, I texted the baby nurse we hired and my assistant 
got with her because I was like, it'd be great to have her there if she needs time to get settled, whatever. And I put on my outfit and I packed my gua sha tools and we went in. (laughs) And the only thing I decided to keep myself ignorant about this experience, like your birth plan is irrelevant because if the baby wants to come out through your nose, that's what's happening. And I was like, I know everything will be fine. So I'd like a walking epidural, which is where you get an epidural, but it's not so strong. So you can walk, you can move your legs because I wanted to move around. You've seen my act. I wanted to move around. The only thing I didn't want was this thing called a Foley balloon, which a friend had gotten. And she said it was the worst pain of her life. And I was like, whatever, that won't be me. I get there. First thing they're like, you need a Foley balloon, which is a balloon. It's a rubber tube. I hope you're listening that they put in your cervix to dilate it from one centimeter to three. And it is the most painful thing. Like I'd be surprised if they didn't use these in Guantanamo Bay It was so horrific. And to dull the pain, they give you fentanyl. Another thing I was like, I don't know, just too many drugs. The second they gave me the fentanyl, I was like, oh, I see how half the country is addicted to this. This is incredible. And they put the balloon in. It was in for one second. And I was like, get this out of me. Like, take the, like, you almost can't speak. It's so painful. I took it out. And she goes, well, you're going to have a longer induction if we can't get you to three centimeters, I was like, I will take the long road. I will pass go. I will collect $200. Like I will go as many rounds. Of, I cannot do that again. And it was so horrific that all my subsequent contractions for the next like two hours, I like didn't care because that was so horrible. So the good news is I've been to the top of the pain mountain and I've seen it. Uh, then they give you an epidural, your legs stop working and they put in a catheter. So you're just peeing into a bag. You can't feel the catheter. And I'm here to tell you, it was one of the best vacations I've ever had. Because <laughs> when you're pregnant, you're just getting up to pee constantly. And she was like, you're already peeing. And I didn't even know it. So I'm just laying there peeing. <laughs> and like, and it, honestly, because you can't move and they have to come in and kind of help you turn. It was like I was on my 600 pound life. <laughs> the dream. Like I was on limited intake for food. So it's like limited calories. And they'd come in and they'd like change me. And that is what it is. That's the majority of it because I was induced 27 hours of that with really intense contractions, which are painful. But because you're taking opioids, you start to itch. So I had to keep measuring like, do I want more epidural or do I want to itch? Like, and you can't scratch it. And then you take Benadryl to stop the itching. And you're just like ping-ponging. Uh, and you're just waiting to for your cervix to dilate Wait till the next day. You're eating only Jello, only applesauce, chicken broth, watching tons of The Office, trying to watch the new season of Cheer, finding it very boring. And then she came in at six o'clock. She was like, you're at six centimeters. We was like, need to get you to 10. She was like, maybe it's tonight. Maybe it's tomorrow. I was like, it's not tomorrow. Like, it's going to be tonight. I want to go home. 10 o'clock, she comes in and she checks. And she was like, you're at 10 centimeters. Let's have a baby. And I perked right up. And I was like, let's do it. You can't have your epidural while you're pushing. The second they start pushing, the room starts changing. They wheel in the baby bed. They take the monitors off, like your epidural fades, because you need to feel the pressure so that you know to push. And I'm going to tell you this right now, and no one ever talks about this. As I'm pushing, I can feel the hemorrhoids developing. Like you can feel them happening. I broke every single blood vessel around both eyes. You're pushing. And every push, the things they say are designed. They're like, two more minutes, she'll be in your arms. Another couple pushes, she'll be here. It was not true. It was 75 minutes, but you can feel the head like, like it pops out. That's when people like pop out a few kids. I'm like the popping, like you push. It's not like, I'll just do like pop them in like Mentos, but it was all worth it. And they put this little baby on my chest and I looked at her and I was like, who are you? You look nothing like me. (laughs) (laughs) The doctor's like, she has dark brown hair. And I'm like, I, her father slept with someone else. I don't know. <laughs> you didn't get it from me. Um, and that's the story. And then all I wanted to do was go home and getting out of the hospital was like Thunderdome. Like she passed all of her tests. And then at the buzzer, they're like, she might have jaundice. I'm like, we'll come back tomorrow. I have to go home. And then they're like, and then we get the car seat and we can't figure out the shoulder straps and you're just sitting there bleeding, sweating, hungry. And uh, we got her home and, and it's been about a week. It's been about five days and she's just sweet angel baby. 
That's it. That's the that's you, the story. You want to talk about the sandwich you ate? And then the next, oh, that's the other thing. Every woman always talks about like, oh, I ate sushi right on the table. I had a Big Mac. There was no food. I gave birth at 11.27 p.m. By the time we were in the teeny tiny recovery room, the recovery closet, it was like 1 a.m. There's nothing. They don't care that you just gave birth. Like there's no kitchen. There's no like mommy snack. One lady was like, um, I think there's turkey sandwiches. There were no turkey sandwiches. So my husband comes back with vending machine snacks, like wearing fucking Orange is the New Black, like trying to negotiate safe passage. <laughs> and so I had a godmother from Bay Cities the next day and I didn't even eat it. I just unhinged my snake jaw and I swallowed a whole. And my daughter saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Good, she should know. Uh, have you investigated, like are you someone that cares about what zodiac sign she is or anything like that? Because she came on the day that she was supposed to come. The fact that I only know she's a Capricorn from people telling it to me. Mm. It's not something that resonates with me as deeply as it does for many. She's a hot Cappy. Ugh, hot Cappy. No. Don't say that. Don't say that about her. Hot. What have you shared? You haven't shared her name on here. Her name is Fair her name. name is Sierra May. And we wanted her to have a name uh, evocative of nature. A Sierra is an irregular mountain range. We wanted a nature connection. And May is M-A-E. It just flows. The last name is Galutin. And so, you know, you can't get too fancy with the first name because it's a lot, a lot of glottal stops. But I like May because it's like a tiny nod to like a very Texan thing. And while we didn't name her like Tallulah, we definitely want just something. So Sierra May, my little chicken. When I think of you, I think about your love for nature. That's the first thing. That no, <laughs> but we do. I do enjoy being barefoot on grass. And so there's not a lot of nature names that are like You can't name your kid Moss or Lichen or. No, you picked a good one. You picked a good name. That's not so weird that no one will be able to spell it, but it's like not, there's not going to be 18 of them in our class. I'll tell you what, you know what name we wanted? The name I wanted forever was Amaranth, like an Amaranth plant. Uh, but Amaranth Smith is one thing. Amaranth gluten is, it's going to get you beaten up. So. <laughs> well, beaten up no. so much is just. It's going to be. Exactly what you deal with. Yeah, I went my whole life. No one made fun of my name. And as an adult, it's like, oh, Schoenfinger. Like, kill yourself. So that's the story. She's my baby. And the good thing about having a baby is. I think before you have a baby, you're like, oh, what does my vagina look like? And then you have one, you're like, oh, now I know because it's halfway down my thigh. There it is. <laughs> Get a nice look. <laughs> I think the other things people will be asking are what's up with Sierra and Tianfu, friends, enemies, tentative. Tianfu was not impressed, uh, growled a little, but never aggressive and hid. Spent the first night in the closet. Then she spent the second night under the bed growling. You'd be like, where's Tianfu? And you just hear like, from like under the bed. <laughs> and today she sniffed her for like 30 seconds. <gasps> Sits with me while I breastfeed. Tianfu is anywhere from nonplussed to mildly interested to trepidatious, but never aggressive and never an issue. No. She's sitting right here. No. And the second she sees the baby isn't in the room, she'll come in. I don't want to be the mom that's like, another funny thing that happens in my house with my pet and my baby. So I'll try to only, I'll cherry pick the best things. And the one that I have, actually, you know what? I'll save it. I'll save it for a bottom of the cob. Oh. Yeah. It's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet. Well, introducing Newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. And they have fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state of the art laundering facility. Plus, the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable and it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code ELIZA20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code ELIZA20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code ELIZA20. 
newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. I'm busy. And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around. And I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Okay, so we're ready with your questions. <laughs> and uh Well, yeah. we we have a juicy update. It's not as juicy as you giving birth to a full baby. Juicy baby. Uh, a juicy, juicy baby with a full head of hair. Good for her. But yeah. <laughs> a juicy update to the mom that was staying with the daughter that would want to take use the bath when it was baby's bath time. The selfish that mom move out, that wouldn't look for a place, the selfish mom. So Our question asker wrote in and said, I talked to my mom. I typed up this really well thought out letter so I wouldn't get jumbled up when I spoke to her. I said things like, keep the forward momentum and gain more freedoms. She took it better than I thought. Then after I was all done, she looked me right in the face and said, I'm trying to heal my body. So moving out isn't something I'm concentrating on right now. So I reached out to my mom's therapist and filled her in on what transpired. The therapist said she'd work on it, but not sure when that will be or how long it will take. So then... Is your mother committed? Like, that's weird that you're, like, conspiring with the therapist. Like, let's get her to a place where she just wants to do housework. Then we got a further update. My mom ran away. She took off to meet some random stranger she talks to on Facebook and didn't tell anyone where she was. After none of us heard from her for 27 hours, I finally got her to answer her phone. She said she snuck off to avoid answering hundreds of questions. I told her over the phone that she was no longer welcome in my home after this stunt and she can pick up her things if or when she makes it back home. Thanks for all the advice and truths you said. I needed to hear it read back to me to realize how crazy the situation was. This isn't the outcome any of us imagined, but at least the unstableness isn't around my daughter anymore. Much love to the whole family. So her running away is the best case scenario. I mean, it sounds like your mom has like a real case of arrested development and she's acting like a child. She was acting like a child and then she was acting like a teenager. You know what? Good riddance. Your mom has some... healing her body. It sounds like she has some mental healing to do, which is great, but it cannot be on you, especially if you have a baby. And I understand that because I have a baby. (laughs) As a mother, I'm going to start prefacing everything with, as a mother, as a recent mother, um, good for you. I'm glad that resolved itself. Note or no note. I mean, maybe the note pushed her to like get out of there. Great. The flea. By hook or by crook. I just love that it's like my mom ran away. I know. Like, how do you tell the cops like a middle-aged woman ran away? <laughs> ran away from home. That's that's <laughs> like a great angle for a crime novel because it's always like when a woman goes missing, 
when a ballerina goes missing. It's like when her mom runs away. <laughs> Shelby right, sets out where she was staying. Yeah. Imposing herself. Yeah. That's really funny that she took the, ba- the bath away from the baby. Took the bath water away from the baby. All right. Hi, Liz and Emily. The pod is the highlight of my week. And as I'm sure every listener can relate, hearing our questions answered makes our hearts happy. Love it. I would like some advice on how to slow down. My boyfriend and I have been together for almost two years. He's 21 male. I'm 24 female. female. And he is the one. He's the we one. We were friends before we got together. And then when both of us were single, we just perfectly fell together. I've had some long-term relationships before this, and they both just weren't the men for me. But this guy is. I would have never dreamed to find someone so perfect. We both feel the same about each other in the future. But how do I fight the urge to go super fast? I want to move in, get married, everything basically as soon as possible because I love him more than I thought I'd ever love someone. How can I relax and pace myself? I want to savor every phase of my life. But since being with him, I just want to rush right into our lives. I'm so beyond happy for you and your life. Thank you. Um, I hope you wrote this question recently and we're not getting to it like six months later. She's like, update. I did it. It was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, no. Look, we should be getting in quick enough for her not to already be married at 24 and 21. And before you rent the U-Haul, look, it actually doesn't matter what I tell you because you're going to do like our teenage mother, our middle-aged teenage mother in the last question. You're going to do whatever you want to do. And the feelings are super strong because you're at that age where... Probably a lot of people around you, because you probably don't live in LA, right? Where everyone's like old and getting married. Um, so you're probably at that age where like a lot of people around you are getting married. You know, you're, you're hitting that wave. He is not at that wave. And so you might want to check in with him and his feelings. I'm going to just be the old person. That's like you have a lot of growing to do. It doesn't mean that you're not grown up. It doesn't mean that you haven't had a hard life or struggles, whatever, but you have so much coming into your own to do and you have time. So move in together, you know, have experiences together where you really get to know each other's character, family, outings together, holidays together, boring days together, things that, you know, you, you know, this is your person. And then, you know, you see in a year, how long have they been together? Uh, two years. Oh, sorry. I missed that part. All right. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> but I think the... Almost two years. Just be cognizant. You know what? If you really love him, just be cognizant of the fact that he's 21. So just give it a beat. It's not like you're 35 and he's 21 and you're like, we got to get a move on. So for his heart and his sake, even though men do not extend that courtesy to women, they're like, I found one. She was just born. I'm ready to date. Take it. Be as fast as you want. Emotionally, you already love each other. It's two years. But at 21, you know he's probably not the man that he's going to be. So what's wrong with what you're doing now? How much do you want to get married? Is that the whole... So let's say you're married. It doesn't really change much. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's my answer is, what, do you want to lock it down? What does he say? I say you're in no rush, but it doesn't matter because you're going to be like, great, thanks for your answer, old mom. On to the <laughs> church. Old mom. Old mom. <laughs> Okay, let's get back to another baby question. I need Eliza to tell us how bad labor is. Every woman I ask just says, it's not that bad and only wants to talk about how great the baby is. They simply don't believe them. Eliza, as everyone's big sister, please shoot it to us straight. What does it feel like? Also, I cried real tears at Eliza's new baby post. I'm so proud of her. I love watching Eliza shine in all her roles over the years, but I think seeing her be a mom is a new favorite. That is so sweet. It is so sweet. Uh, here's why nobody, here's why everybody talks about the good stuff. First of all, why would you want to talk about going to war? Ask your grandpa if he's killed anyone in battle, he'll go quiet. There's a reason veterans don't talk about it. But actually on the other end of the spectrum, the reason women don't talk about it is because it's chemically hard to remember. When you are in labor, your body releases oxytocin. It's the same chemical your body releases when you have sex with someone, which is why you get so clingy. Uh, but the oxytocin actually helps you to forget the pain, which is why women sign up for this over and over and over. It is hard oh. to remember. In the moment, I remember saying, as I was at 10 centimeters and her head was coming out and it was the most intense pressure, which is comparable to pain. It's not like stabbing pain. It's, it's just this pressure. You're like, oh my God, like I'm getting wrecked down there. Even though they were like lubing it up, 
minimal tearing, whatever. Um, it was this realization. I was like, oh my God, like the only way out is through. Literally and like <laughs> spiritually. You can't hit pause. It's not a workout where you can set the weight down. It's not a race where you can stop running. You can't take a break. Like you've just, I had to like, just like contend with the pain and exist with it for those 75 minutes. And it's mentally very, it makes you much tougher. Like just knowing like, it's just going to have to suck right now. And I told myself, I was like, all I can promise you is that you never have to come back here. You know, when you're working out and the instructor's like, all right, last round and you're done. And you're like, yeah. So I did the same thing. I was like, this is it. You never have to come back here. But honestly, I would do it again. It was brutal and, and I would do it again, even though it was so awful. <laughs> so the worst, most memorable part that was that balloon, huh? The, like that was the... I suggest you get the Foley balloon just so you, it's like you give yourself something to cry about. Like once you've experienced that, um, get an epidural. I get that there are women who don't do it, but get it and just get comfortable. You also don't have to have a long labor. I, if you're induced, you have a long, long labor. And that's why I did. Um, mm -hmm. Women who don't, who aren't induced typically don't have them as long. Um, but these are all the choices we make. So, but you didn't make the choice to do like a black and white photo shoot of you in a bra. We did not. As you gave birth. You know what? Oh, there is a video. No, I had no take a video. It's not of the baby. It's like the second they put her on me. So you see okay. a little bit of the umbilical cord in my reaction. I look like the Grinch. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I understand. I already look like a who or the Grinch and I've got a breathe right strip on and I am wearing me undies. I'm wearing like the Valentine's Day print bra. <laughs> a lot of women are like topless. I was like, you're not going to catch me topless. I'm wearing that bra. And my hair was still straight even though right. I was sweating. Um... But it is, that's it. Your body, look, <clears throat> this is the last thing I'm going to say about it. Women, particularly white women, and even more specifically, uh, upper middle class women, listen to me, okay? So you can be any color in upper middle class, but this is, this is definitely something that we do to white women uh, who tend to be upper middle class. There is an entire industry out there trying to convince you that you can't do this without their product, their coaching, their special class, their ointment. And while I love all the gifts and all the support and stuff like that, like these are ancillary, just there to make it a little bit easier. Your body knows what to do. There are women that give birth in fields, pick up the baby and like keep on plowing, okay? There are women who do this, go right back to work. There are women that did this as refugees. They've done this in prison camps. Like women have been doing this under horrible circumstances, your body knows what to do. Yes, things go wrong. Breastfeeding is its own thing. But like, please don't be convinced because somebody wants to sell you something that you need something more than your body. It releases the chemicals. It expands. It contracts. So just know that. That's all. I just, that's my biggest takeaway from all of this. Because we thought there was something wrong with her. Because I was like, day one, I was like, where's all the milk? And the girl, and then someone was like, oh, maybe she's tongue-tied. So cut to fucking 8 a.m., her like third day on the planet. We're in Westwood at a dentist office to see if she needs a laser because what no one said to oh, me. Oh, they thought she had the- The frenum, frenum. The skin. What, and by the way, some babies are and some babies do. And the doctor was like, she's fine. What no one said to me was, hey, you don't get milk till day four or five. Nobody's, Why wouldn't someone tell you? Or they did. And because I have like, ugh, because I just had a baby, I like didn't listen. I if you're a medical professional, let me just say one thing in terms of bedside manner, okay? And by the way, my doctor was incredible. Her resident was incredible. Actually, shout out to Dr. Karen Solke and Dr. Obasi and all of the incredible nurses at Cedar sinai it was, like the, it was just, you give birth and then you have like a team of Filipino nurses who do not fuck around. We're so attentive. I even like wrote a review of one of them. She comes in, she's like, nice. do you want, do you want me to put cream on your hemorrhoid? I was like, load up. Like they're in there. They don't <laughs> give a fuck. And they burp your baby. And like, it looks terrifying. They hold the baby by the jaw and they burp it and the baby loves it. So Noah and I, <laughs> we do it the Filipino way. Um, they were incredible, but I'm going to say this right now for any specialist, any doctor, if you, if I have an appointment with you and you tell me that you've put 
all the information in an email with a link to a digital toolkit, I will never open the email. I'm never going to read a patient resource link. I'm never opening the patient profile. Like I can't. It's just endless passwords and links and people being like, well, I set you up with the info. And it's like, no, what? Sorry. This needs to be old school. This needs to be like when you got eye surgery, you got PRK and they give you a piece of paper and there's like, here's what you can't do. Like that's what they need to do. They need to just be like, here's a piece of paper. The milk's coming in this day. Put some creams on there. Here's what's happening. Because you'll get so much conflicting information. It's almost not even, it's almost not worth reading anything. I was like, what are good foods for breast milk? They're like, try to avoid dairy. And then another page was like, dairy products are great. (laughs) And the truth is your body's going to figure it out and your baby figures it out. Uh, I was talking to Mayim Bialik because did you know she does lactation consultation? She like does this stuff. She calls me yesterday. She's like, this is what I do. And I was like, no, what you do is you are a huge CBS sitcom star. (laughs) (laughs) Like a neuroscientist. Star and genius. She was like, your baby's cry is genetically, it is designed to make you cringe so that you pay attention to a baby. Like everything is designed perfectly, including your body. Could be something wrong, but in my case, it wasn't. And I never had to open a digital toolkit or a patient portal profile. Yeah, so if everyone could just call up Maya Bialik for her. She's there. Um, if she could just hang out at Cedars and hand out a little pamphlet maybe to, as people leave the building. Not because I didn't feel like I could do it, but like I was sad to see those nurses go because they were so fucking on it. Yeah. And like for that first stay, you're like the baby cries, you call them, you're like, because you don't know why it's crying. And they come in like, oh, she's got yeah. a dirty diaper. Given a, like they're just, they do this all day, every day. One nurse was like one of 10 kids. Like it makes you, you feel so supported. Yeah. And then you get home and you try to eat your baby's legs. Because they're tiny. I mean, those little hands. So many little parts. If I was Chenfu, I would be real jealous over how little all those little parts are. She's trying to figure out. She's like, why is this dog bald? Why is that not bald? <laughs> why is like, your little freak dog? Why is your dog hairless? <laughs> it's a little tough dog. Why can't this dog bark? <laughs> I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Go to bolinbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I feel for any woman who's listening to this that is doesn't have a baby or can't have a baby or doesn't want a baby. This isn't the baby podcast, but I am allowed to have an episode. <laughs> yeah, this this one. Look, guys, we're not. We're gonna get back to everybody's problems with. We're doing their them now, boyfriends. Yeah, we're gonna do one right now. All right, hey y'all, I'm gonna cut to the chase because this one's a doozy. I'm a 30 year old woman. My sister is 27, and we both live in different cities, as does our dad. He told us to look out for something in the mail for Christmas. Even though all three of us grew up in as weekly Catholic churchgoers, he's been extremely religious and active in the evangelical Christian church since we left for college and coincidentally since he married his now wife. Yeah, oh, he needed, oh, I know. 
We, on the other hand, have endured some questionable moments in our church upbringing that borderline on religious abuse, cornered by people trying to get me to accept Jesus as my savior, shit like that. So you can imagine, we want nothing to do with church or God or religion in general. What he wants to do is up to him. And if church and Jesus is what he wants, then by all means. Our Christmas gift arrived, and he has taken it upon himself to make a donation in my name and in my sister's name to an evangelical Christian charity. We even got a plaque similar to the kind one would get for winning a spelling bee. Probably cost as much as the donation, honestly. Exactly. (laughs) But I'm not so sure this charity is really doing much of anything but cook the books and make some buttheads too much money. I won't mention the name, but it's not one you've heard of before. The charity's website describes how they allocate their money, like helping the children experiencing famine find Jesus. Oh, that's good. You know what they're, they need to find is food. <laughs> <laughs> My sister dug a little deeper and found some eyebrow-raising things homophobic in nature. Now, here's the kicker. My dad does not have a malicious bone in his body. His wife, on the other hand, she has some good days. But I want to show them how it makes me feel, regardless of how he might mean it that this is blatantly disregarding my feelings. It's crossing lots of boundaries. Putting my name on a donor list at some bigoted charity who decided to let a six-year-old bake their website is not cool. I tried the same. I, I tried to come to Jesus regarding these same things. It doesn't work. So here's my idea. My dad and his wife, as you can imagine, are not getting the COVID vaccine. Myself and my sister have been boosted and have tried every angle under the sun to try and get them on board, and it's just not happening. So what if we could donate to an entity that helps in the development or research of the COVID vaccine and just drop the mic? Honestly, I haven't looked into it at all, but my sister is not digging it. But I have to make my voice heard and do something, not nothing. Please help. Okay. Honestly, that is very funny. It is, but it's also like, okay, so that's a drop in the bucket. Well, you're going to donate to like Pfizer? Cool. They don't need your well, money. Well, in their name, since they donated to something she doesn't believe in in her I name. Mean, so it's fully just to be petty. I wish people would be this type of malicious because we get so many world problems solved and all you'd have to be is on like an email list. You know, at the end of the day, I think it's, you found a reason to not like that church, but I think, First of all, it sucks that you didn't get a present. It sucks that I hate to do this thing. We're blaming the stepmom, but it sucks that like you didn't get a present and she's like pulling the puppet strings on your yeah. dad. And like, it's like, okay, you don't remember me. It's not like they planted a tree in your name. Yeah. And I don't, I think you'd still be kind of just as annoyed if they were like, we made a donation to the Catholic church in your name. I think you don't really like religion, which is totally fine. But this feels particularly not malintended, but, um, oblivious because it's such a shitty shoddy organization which the one that you chose um and so you know you could go back and forth like i donated in this and i done that i think there's a version where you just say that by the way the fact that they have your name like you can block them on email like they don't have your bank account or anything i think you just but it's if you get it in the mail you're out of luck forever Maybe, or maybe it's like a homespun thing and it's not coming from Bed Bath & Beyond, which will find you like even after you're, you've moved on to the great beyond and you're dead. Um, it's not like it said like to resident, like it's coming to your house. I think your issue is that like she's kind of like body snatched your dad and they gave a gift that had nothing to do with you and everything to do with her. So the best you can, I know you're saying you had to come to Jesus, but you can just be very clear, like be like, we don't want religious donations in our name. Because if you do the other thing, like she'll just kind of ignore it. Look, men move on and need like a woman to take care of them. And this is not uncommon where like an older guy like just kind of wants a woman and she just whatever. So you all you can do is be clear. And you can definitely put them on a list, but then you're just signing your dad up for a bunch of junk mail. Um, And that's all you can do is just be like, "This, this is so offensive. We don't want this. How would you feel if I signed you up for like a Muslim community center? a Jewish community center, like you would not, a gay pride event. I think you'll, it'll cause you a lot of exhaustion, like trying to think of ways because she's super single-minded. She thought this was a great idea, but your issue is less this and more that your dad's been body snatched. Right. But you say you've had to come to Jesus with them, but also that your dad doesn't have a mean bone in his body. So I wonder if you explain to him exactly why this in particular is hurtful, like what they, what this organization in particular has done, because you're saying you've found evidence of them doing bad stuff. Even though it's not that organization. It's, but, but fair, but you have a case. At least you have a case this time. Yeah. 
for sure. Rather than like a general like, hey, we're not into religion, but like, hey, when you put it in my name, it makes me feel like this because if he cares about you, hopefully he will take that as more having to do with you than just kind of the overall your problem with religion. You could even say to her, be like, you want to make a donation in my name, like in theory, great, but a plaque was sent and this plaque probably costs like $20 to make. So you really just wasted a bunch of money. There's a version where she really was well-meaning. The plaque feels a little extra versus like a digital plaque or a certificate. So especially because this site is very not clear about what they actually put their money towards. I would bet if you look on any of those charity checkers, she's not gonna, sites and she's not going to want to hear it. That it's not. You could do that. Shit. She's not going to she's going to be like, "Well, they do good things like this woman. If you're into this kind of stuff, you're definitely not open to hearing facts." So you got to find a way to make peace with it. I do not suggest getting into a tit for tat over like who can donate to a more bogus or slash legit charity. <laughs> yeah. All right. How can I handle period talk with men? I work out regularly. I lift heavy. I do cardio just about every time I'm at the gym. And lately I've noticed during my period, I'm very tired. So I'll lift lighter or sometimes just walk. Gym friends, men mostly, will say that's an excuse for not going harder. Half the time, I want to just say, bleed from your dick hole and then try and work out. But I feel that doesn't really help the understanding of men and periods in a proactive way. How can I explain this so men get it and hopefully be more understanding when the women in their lives just need that monthly break? You don't need their respect. You are there to work out. You did not come there. Like, yes, it's nice to make friends, but once you can shift your mindset to like somebody that thinks like that is not, you don't need respect from that person. You don't need their approval. And you can simply say, I work out hard and I bleed hard. There is an iron loss when you bleed. Another word for that is anemia. It makes you tired. (laughs) So I don't know how those two, I don't think you're anemic during your period, but losing, you're losing blood and it makes you tired. So yes, you can pound red meat and spinach and like get it back up there. Counter, the other point is on your heaviest flow day, maybe rest. Don't go to the gym. You know, but if you got to go, you don't need to impress them and you don't need their validation. And you can simply say like, I don't need you to understand it. That's it. You don't owe them an explanation. You don't owe them the time it's going to take to explain about a period because they never will get it. Good guys do. And they don't have to be bad guys, but like I bled on my sheets the other night because I could not wear a pad. I wore pants, but like I bled through. My husband did not bat an eye. No man I've ever dated has ever said gross, like real men fucking are afraid of it, get that it's brutal, may not fully get it, but definitely don't question it. And so that's it. Next time they're like, oh, it's just an excuse. You go, I don't need you to understand it and walk away. I'm just be like, I'm I'm okay with you not understanding it. It's not on me to explain it to you. That's it. You got to just be okay with that for a lot of things in life. You're not training for the Olympics together. Like, what do they care how much you're lifting yourself? It has no effect on them. Just be like, why are you so invested in how much I lift? Probably because they got a crush on you. Mm, crush them. Your big old bloody labia. Ka-chunk. <laughs> okay. okay. My name is Lauren, recently married, looking to get pregnant this year. I have a pregnancy slash birth question. I know everything about birth because I don't know if you guys know, I just gave birth. <laughs> exactly. What are things about pregnancy or giving birth that no one tells you are going to happen? Similar to the bleeding thing mentioned in this week's Bottom of the Cob. Thanks. Love the pod. Always look forward to Wednesdays. So I was thinking of that when you just shared about the the milk not coming in for a few days. Remember you shared that after that appointment, they didn't tell you like, hey, you should take a pat. They're just like, good luck, chump. Yeah. Uh, is, is there anything else that comes to mind that you were like, oh, they knew this and no one told me? You will get hemorrhoids. Okay, not everybody does, but you will most likely get hemorrhoids from pushing. And that is mm-hmm. really makes it hard because now your vagina hurts and you also can't sit. So I'm just like waddling around my house, which of course makes my whole body hurt. Um, you may get hemorrhoids, you may not. But if you get a C-section, that's a whole other thing. And you could talk to someone about a C-section. Um, mm-hmm. the, the opioid itch. Not everybody gets it, but I did. So itch, itch, itch. Uh, it may have been the fentanyl. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of what else they tell that nobody tells you. You fart a lot after. Like, yeah, pregnant women fart, but like, you're, here's a great way to think about it that nobody thinks about. Your body grew an entire organ. That The placenta is an organ. And then you lost an entire organ. It's like losing any other organ, like a spleen or something. So 
the puffiness you see, like, yes, women gain weight, but like your belly is big after because your uterus has expanded to the size of a cantaloupe when it's normally the size of a pear. So give yourself a break. You're not fat. It is literally your uterus. And usually even if you're not pregnant, like that puffiness down there is not fat. It's your uterus. Um, Hospitals can be cruel. They definitely called my recovery room to ask for a credit card payment for my copay while I was laying there. And I was like, this isn't on record in one of the 8,000 emails you send me a day, okay? They don't tell you that sometimes your hospital doesn't have food after you give birth, especially late at night. Like there's- You would you, think that it, at night, somebody would have like a little, some fruit for you like or a, something. A mom, like a mo- first time mommy sandwich, like something that they have. Yeah. But they didn't. Um... Of course, everybody talks about the exhaustion. Nobody really talks about how often you should breastfeed. I'm sure they do. You know what? I should open the uh, client toolkit. <laughs> you know what? Here's the thing. People do talk about... I got this book called Mommy 411 that I definitely like glanced at. People do talk about these things. You just really have to seek out that specific knowledge because there's so many ways to give birth, so many... A C-section. It came out of your butt. You had a vaginal birth. You had an epidural. You didn't. You had preeclampsia. Um, so, so it's less that they're withholding and more that there's just so much info. Uh, they don't, I also don't tell you that it's not your, your doctor will maybe be there, but like a resident is most likely going to be attending to you. And when they told me that, I was like, absolutely not. I want a real doctor. They're like, well, they are real doctors. And I was like, I want, and they explain, I didn't think about it. There's one doctor overseeing all the residents. Because in your mind, you're thinking like some 21-year-old kid from like house or something is just like hanging out. And I straight up, I was like, fine, but no boys. Because I think about like some fucking frat guy that's like, yeah, I'm going to be like, just because you're a doctor doesn't mean you're like an emotionally intelligent person. And I think of some of the kids that I know that are doctors. I'm like, I have seen you butt chug a beer. So I don't want you in here. They put a sign on my door that said females only. And I'm like, am I going to get sued for this again? (laughs) Uh, They put it as females only because I was just like, at least, oh my God, I'm leaking through my shirt. Oh my God. You need to go do something about that? It's the first time that's happened. (laughs) That's so gnarly. All this, because you were talking about the baby. too much. And your body's like, I can do it now. Oh my God. I'll tell you, it is, it is a journey because we were, I'm just going to say this real quick. <clears throat> You're getting like a little bit of milk. And so they were like, you can hand extract, which is medieval. <laughs> so I'm doing it. I'm getting like colostrum mixed with the milk. I'm getting little bits. So you, I'm literally sitting there. I'd order these plastic syringes. So it's not a needle. It's just the sucky part of the shot. I'm, my Noah's sitting there. We're catching it in a spoon. Because it's it's a drop at a time, and then we're sucking it up with the syringe. We look like the parents in train spotting, like full on heroin addicts, and we're just harvesting the precious liquid. And then all of a sudden, it came squirting out, and it it like clicked. It was just like, oh my! Like in that in that moment, I was like, oh my god, I've been cheated. I could do this myself. <gasps> I can't believe it leaked. Oh my god. I don't, Can you get us your spoon? No. Well, I'm okay. Most of my clothes are just t-shirts. It's just gonna get my spoon. Okay. We'll just uh, feed a baby later, I suppose. All right. Anyway, what the hell are we talking about? So uh, yeah. The surprises. This is one. Th- that's one. Um well, uh, my important question, can you have coffee now or you you have to wait till you're not breastfeeding? Let me tell you this. I had one cup of coffee a day my whole pregnancy. Baby is fine. Yeah. Uh, but I took that cup very seriously. You can have coffee now. You can also drink. Look, I'm not a doctor. Medical warning. The lactation consultant was like, if you, first of all, the idea of pumping and dumping, like it's so precious. I'm like, I'm not dumping anything. And she was like, if you're drinking that much a day, like it's a bigger conversation. She was like, your body metabolizes <laughs> it. Um, that being said, brewer's yeast allegedly is really good for breast milk. So hmm. I'll have like half a beer. It's tasty. Anyway, the thing they don't tell you is you need to ask questions and a lot of times it just happens and then you're like, oh, no one told me. So yeah, just know there's hemorrhoids and there's bleeding and they, oh, here's something. Here's something. I'd like to do a PSA, a free PSA for uh, you, your 
perineum is going to hurt. That is the skin between your vagina and your butthole, okay? That's what gets stretched, okay? Get you a perineum, like, care kit. There's a company called Frida. My manager gifted me one. It's a beautiful pink box. And in it, there's like four pairs of disposable boy shorts because you only get so many from the hospital. There are really absorbent soft pads, witch hazel pads, cream. Uh, There's like all the things you need. Uh, Ice packs that are also pads that cool your vagina. It's a great gift to give yourself or to give another mom that had a vaginal delivery. Like all these things designed to just kind of cool the area. So be aware that you're going to need to take care of that. That's all. Yeah. I don't care yeah, if that... I guess it's like you don't think about it. Yeah, don't, don't tell your you gym leave. bros when they find out a woman's got a perineum that rips. Even if you don't <laughs> rip, it's still, you know, your vagina's like, I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, a lot going on down there. So those are the things. But the info's out there. It's just hard to take it in. And I get it because I read almost nothing. So I was like, I got this. It's too much. And 90% of it's not going to apply to you. And you're not going to know to look for the things it does. It's like when you bought a house and it's like, oh, why would we know to look and see if these handrails are attached or whatever? You know, like you don't think of it until you're like, oh, this isn't here. What do we do? Caveat birther. Kick it. (laughs) This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. Got a tough situation going on. I've had this friend for almost 10 years. We met as teenagers and been through everything together. We've had ups and downs, but always come through the other side. One day, I was hanging out with my childhood best friend who I hadn't seen in a long time as we're both working, and it's rare we have the same time off. I also hang out with two of my cousins who are my best friends. Okay. And this friend- Yeah, we get it. You have a lot of best friends. Okay. (laughs) Texted me when I was out saying how I never make time for her. And no matter how busy she is, she always makes time for the people in her life. It made me an absolute a-hole. But at the same time, she always hangs out with her boyfriend. And every time we've agreed to have a girl's day with just us two, she's either always texting, calling him, or worse, brings him along without telling me. I don't not like him, but it's hard for me to talk to her about certain things. I hate that. That's my biggest (laughs) pet When he's there, we met up to have a conversation about everything, and I tried to explain to her, we're adults with jobs, et cetera. Should I completely dump her or try to reconcile things? P.S. I took your advice about advancing in my job and turned out good in my favor. P.S. The last thing she told me is balls in your court, which is complete ultimatum language in my opinion. Okay. Well, first of all, some people don't get any questions answered, and you're little seconds piggy coming back for more. You're like, oh, the genie helped me with my first one. Maybe she won't be favorable to me. Sorry, I was watching Casablanca. Um, I guess it comes from, <clears throat> if all of this is true, if you really think about it, it comes from a place of just wanting to spend more time with you and be around you. But <clears throat> ultimatums aren't, it doesn't sound like she has the ability to self-reflect. And if you said to her, hey, like, I do make time for you because you don't want to get into a tit for tat because then she'll have an answer for everything. Like, okay, so two times I brought Derek, big fucking deal, whatever. She sounds super immature. Why don't you just say to her, hey, I feel like we both are coming from a good place of wanting to be with each other. I want you to know that when I hang out with you, it kind of hurts my feelings because I just be honest with her. Be like, I want to hang out with you too. 
But if you bring your boyfriend, it kind of changes the dynamic, you know, and it's hard for women to hear that because I think she'll be like, oh, you're just jealous. You don't want to be with him. Be like, it's, there are things, there's a reason women like to commune without men sometimes. Like if you're giving birth uh, or putting on a girls only show and you just want to be able to share some stuff. Anywho, um, allegedly a girls only show. So, (laughs) but it, but women need, it it changes the dynamic when a boy walks in. It's just different. Um, And so I think you just say that, be like, I just want to respect our time together and be like, but it really hurts my feelings when you're saying I don't make time for you and be like, I hung out with you here, here and here. And like, be like, I don't want to go have a tit for tat back and forth. Be like, can we just move forward respecting the time that we have with each other? And she'll say yes and then she won't do it or she'll say something, you know, but balls in your court is very hurt language. That's language from a person who really does. She's a little angry, but she does care because if she didn't, she would just ghost. So just try to look at it like she really wants to be with you and she's making her own immature thing. You can't come back at her with, well, here's what you do wrong. But you can say, I totally hear you and I want to make this time. And I just, sometimes it's hard to spend time with you because you're texting him and I'm not attacking you. I just, I want it to be quality time. Yeah. I I have friends who always bring their partner and I just now am prepared for it. And if they don't, it's a pleasant surprise. But I actually have a close friend where... Every time we would go out, she would start talking to guys at a different table yes. and invite them over and be talking. And I walked out once and walked out of the restaurant and I left. And when she noticed I was gone, she was really mad at me. And I was like, look, you were hanging out with them. I wasn't interested. I thought we were having dinner. Yes. I'm not, I don't want to do this. And she has brought it up every day since for like three years, but also she didn't do it again. So... I mean, there's you know, it also how close you are. It's valuing your time, and also like it'd be one thing like for Emily and her friend, like if you were like it's it's girls that like we're going out to meet boys. Like if you're going out, but there are girls. I've been in these relationships where like you're just kind of there, and if I happen to meet a guy, great. Like I'll just talk to him, and it's fine if like you're both at a bar and it's kind of like look, guns out, tits out, let's do this. But yeah. Uh, yeah, if it's if you guys don't have the same goal and she's just ditching, look. 2 a.m., you're both trashed. She meets a guy, fine, goodbye, whatever. Be safe. But yeah, nobody wants to feel like they're just there as like a crutch until they can be a guy. It's a very young person problem or a very desperate person problem. Um, You guys sound very young. So yeah, nobody, for all the young girls out there, your friend is not interested in hanging out with your boyfriend. And your boyfriend like kind of doesn't care either. So do you need that? Do you need that much attention? I need my people around me. Sorry. Right. It's like very, parched. it's, you can't be away from him for a few hours and talk to me. Like, what are we doing? I here? love my husband more than anything. And like recently we got invited to a friend's child's birthday party. Cause I'm at that stage in life. Uh, for a one-year-old, I text her. I was like, Hey, is Noah invited? It's totally cool. If he isn't, she was like, Oh my God, of course he's invited. I was like, he probably won't come. Like the guy doesn't care. Nobody cares. Usually, Couples want other couples, but your friend probably just wants you, not your shitty husband. This is just a general yeah. note. Yeah. Time away is good. Makes the heart grow fonder. Take a lap. Okay. Hey, I would love to hear what Elias and Emily's opinions are on women being shamed for getting plastic surgery and cosmetic procedures. I recently discovered what kind of porn my boyfriend consumes and it's eating away at my self-esteem because I had an idea of what he was into compared to my body and what he is consuming is a little different. In the past, he has shamed women for getting plastic surgery and I can't help but think that the only reason he is shaming these women is because he doesn't think he has the ability to get girls like that or because he's so controlled by the media that he's not even aware of his own part in the whole ordeal. By the way... By the time you guys receive this, I will have gotten plastic surgery. I will have gotten a whole new face. Congratulations. I want to add Eliza and her approach to life is such an inspiration to me. And I'm very thankful for her pod. Oh, you should see me right now. Just leaking, bleeding. Um, I'm I'm (laughs) inspiring. She said to snoop her profile and she's like an attractive young lady. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what he's. But wait shaming in conversation with you or is he like in the comment section like hey duck face it sounds like in conversation that he is someone who is who's like uh first of all surgery but but he's watching it seems a lot of porn with a lot of like fake everything yeah i think you might want to ask him like what do you consider plastic surgery because there's also 
men don't realize the extent of women's ability to transform themselves. Like a lot of them don't realize those are hair extensions. A lot of people, I'm not great at spotting plastic surgery. Like when someone shames a woman, like, look at all that filler. I'm like, oh, I didn't notice. Like it has to be pretty poorly done for me to be like, oh, there's an uncanny valley of attractiveness. Um, I think we, you're not his therapist. There is an anger toward women in our society. I write about this in Girl Logic when women try to improve themselves um, and either succeed. Um, like there's an anger toward women when they try to improve themselves. Uh, and there's an anger when it doesn't work out properly. Right. So there's this impetus, like you all need to look young. Everybody needs to look full. And then when you attempt it and you get it wrong, which most people do, and I say wrong, like, oh, it's just a little off or it looks a little fake or done. People get, and they want to make fun of you. Not realizing that psychologically, the reason a lot of women do these things whether it looks good or not, is because of that societal demand, because of that porn. So because men like him consume this and set that standard for what we think a woman should look like, that a vagina should look like a two-year-old's or a brand new baby's little apricot vagina. Oh, after I wipe her, I blow on it so it gets some air and she loves it. Um, <laughs> it's just, just a little, little blow. I'm cleaning her. Um, just getting like Captain Crunch on her. Open vagina. Um, <laughs> It's all so connected and there is that anger. There's an anger toward women who are attractive and an anger toward women who kind of fall in that uncanny valley. So I think it's a deeper conversation. I don't know if it's, I also, you know, to me, it's a bit of a red flag. Like it's okay to watch porn, but like if he's watching like a lot and they're super overdone, like he kind of just doesn't know what's going on. I'm not shaming anyone for porn. I also think we talk way too much. Nobody wants to look fucking weird. So when someone gets work done and they got the wrong, they thought I wanted this amount of CCs and I got this or they got something done and it, nobody meant to do that, you know? And so if you just think about, it, here's a woman who is just trying to feel decent and good in a world that puts so much on women and it got a little messed up. Like none of these celebrities who get these big lips and it looks weird, like that's not what their intention was. Think about it that way um, because you're kind of left with this choice uh, as you get older. It's like, do you want to look like you got older or do you want to look weird? And some uh-huh. women can pull it off. And if you do it super conservatively, I mean, Joan Rivers went in for like a routine procedure and she died. Like just because you have money and access doesn't mean you're picking the right doctor. Doctors uh-huh. don't know everything. So just having a little bit of compassion. I never, you, you, there's not one media clip of me out there talking about someone's plastic surgery other than my nose job. Uh-huh. Which I'm gonna stop talking about because it's like enough already. Um, <laughs> now you got now you got the baby thing. You can move on from the nose. It thing. comes from a catty place, and it comes from a place of insecurity. She knows she looks weird. All right, like, and also, dude, if you saw, like, you'd be fucking pumped to hook up with that girl with like fake tips and lips. So, as soon as society stops creating it and demanding it, women will stop doing it. But I don't blame anyone for doing it. I don't care if they do it. And if you can do it, if you can do it without anyone noticing, even better. You don't owe anyone shit. What are you doing? Digging in that beanbag. Top of the cob. Taste the top of the cob. You're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. All right. My, (laughs) okay, we'll do top and then I'll do bottom. We'll both do tops. My top is this. I'm obsessed with her little Baby, I was gonna say I had a baby, but again, okay. cheap. My top is um, she has a tiny little back, and she likes she's a, she's still young enough where she's curled up, so her legs are always crossed and pulled in like she was in the womb. And I was like, she looks like a little chicken, like a cooked chicken. And Noah was like, oh, a little trussed up chicken, like how they tie the legs. <laughs> and the back, her back is always kind of like she's always in a fetal position, and you put her on you she looks like a pink tree frog because <laughs> she stays in this little like curled up and it's the cutest thing. So I just like that she's this soft little pink tree frog. Oh. Her little baby back, little spine, tiny tushy. Okay. My Losing top so is many also listeners. your baby <gasps> in that when you sent me the first picture, 
I teared up. And then when you sent me the picture where both of you were in a picture together, I teared up. And then when I was on Noah's Instagram and I saw him holding her and she's so tiny in one arm. And I was like, I didn't know I would care this much about Sierra. Thank you. Also, I'm very invested. I love that. I am not going to be that mom that just like sends pictures like, and if you need cheering up, you did. And so unless someone says that, but I think people think, because I didn't post for a while, that something went wrong. And I know that there's people out there that think, because I don't show her face, that she's ugly. But Emily can attest to the fact she is beautiful. She's very cute. Yeah. She does have like a little, I, I got to see her back. She has just the teeniest little body. Yeah, and just, I mean, even again, like Noah holding her and just seeing the mm. how small she is. It's just crazy. She's and, so small. And she is seven pounds. Like she's a full baby, but she's tiny baby. A full baby. Like she's not, she wasn't born premature. Like she came out seven pounds, like nine ounces. Yeah. I mean, she's not small. Like there's something wrong right. with her. But she's, she's tiny. She is tiny, uh, tiny tree frog. So yeah, I don't have a, a secretly ugly baby that's like a wolf baby. I just don't want to show people. It's I don't want someone scanning her eyes and uploading a sex bot. You don't I just, want even I don't like know. just the, I think it, it, it like having this thing that's just for you and not having people like yeah. take the picture and post it on their Instagram. And also, I think like, that there's something to. Also like why? Like why would I give that to anyone? Like it's enough. <laughs> It's enough. Um, it's so hard though. I have so many pictures. And it's like hard to like make funny things when it's like, I don't want to post pictures of like just a heart over her face. I think those posts are like annoying. Yeah. Like here's here's a bunch of clothes and legs. Blur out Tianfu now because Tianfu hasn't, hasn't de- decided to be on camera. She hasn't consented. My bottom of the cup is this. Uh, we decided, we just started watching a lot of movies and I'd never seen Casablanca. So we we're watching it today and- so emotional and it's it's such a good movie, obviously. That's my review. That's my letterbox review. Casablanca is a really good movie. Um, <laughs> so I'm breastfeeding her, right? And she's sitting on the breast friend and I've got the thing on her and I'm breastfeeding her. And I'm kind of, my boob kind of hurts today. So I'm kind of squeezing it because she kind of like falls asleep. You're like, hey, don't be lazy. Like we have to catch up to China. <laughs> like wake up <laughs> and drink. And so I'm squeezing, just kind of helping it along. And she's drinking, she's drinking. And I look up and I'm watching like Humphrey Bogart and I'm watching and I'm like, oh, this is so great, so romantic. And I look down. She has completely stopped drinking. She is off my nipple. She's sleeping. And there is milk all over her face. I've just been squirting milk on this child. Like porn style, sorry. Like unaware. She's just dripping in precious gold. And so I felt very bad, but she was completely unaware. It's like that scene in Billy Madison where like he's just sitting there spraying the kid with the hose and the kid's like, I don't even know you, mister. <laughs> this is so weird. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, my bottom, my bottom is I don't, I'm not, I don't get to come give her a little squeeze on that no. little hand, that little face. I'm gonna have to fly out there when she's allowed to have visitors and come give her a little poke. Would love to have you come and you guys can compare arms. <laughs> Finally. I've been waiting forever to say that. 